exactly on time but we were pretty close we had some technical difficulty right when we tried to start off it wouldn't uh it wouldn't let us do anything here so if you're just joining my name is ryan uh, this is the kingsman report the news everyone ignores and um today is thursday the 6th i believe of february 2020 And today's show is called In Tech We Trust. And I, of course, am with the Midnight Rider, Paul Revere. And he is also screening calls. So if anyone would like to call in, you can call in to the number scrolling across the bottom of the screen, 1408-638-0968. Enter the meeting ID 534-233-4758. And Paul will screen your phone calls. We are going to you only live once. Yeah, we've had a we've had a day today. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, jump into this stuff. We're gonna cover yes, some about the coronavirus. Yes, we're gonna cover just some ominous news. Um, if you haven't heard already, we streamed it this morning. Trump was exonerated. He gave a speech today. That is in the replays on uh, D Live. You can watch that pretty much everywhere. Um, so I'm not gonna cover any articles on that. Everyone should know that by now. Um, I do have an article from Nancy Pelosi saying that uh, Trump looked a little inebriated whenever he gave a State of the Union address. So I have her slander on there. Um, and then we have some spy news. Hey, this comes from, news. Huh? comes from the Queen of Alcoholics. Yeah, no kidding, right? Another $25,000 uh, flight trips for alcohol tabs. 2500 yeah. That's extravagant for, what, four or five hours? Yeah, she must be having a um, frat party on her planes. So we'll cover... Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing I can come up with. One person can't drink that much liquor. So we'll cover tech news, spy news, Russia news, war news, turkey news, tech news, of course. Because all this is based around, yes, YouTube, I'm going to say the word. Some of it's vaccinations. Some of it has to do with uh, the technocratic dystopia, as you can see in the thumbnail there. Um, so that is why we titled this, In Tech We Trust. So, let's get into this. This first article, I think it's crazy. I've heard similar things to this before, happening at school uh, with kids. 
So I'm going to breeze through this article. Some of these articles I'm not going to read in their entirety. When I'm done here, I'll upload these articles into our Discord, and you can go there and you can read these articles. You can reference the articles there. The link for the Discord, by the way, is now in the About section, so we don't have to keep giving you the um, link. So this article here, mother says school district called police after six-year-old daughter with Down syndrome pretended to shoot teacher with her finger. Are you kidding me? A, a kid with Down syndrome and you call police. This is ridiculous. So this is, the source of this is CBS. So uh, Blacklisted is mirroring this. Says the mother of a six-year-old with Down syndrome says the Tredyferian Eastwood School District mishandled an incident involving her daughter after she pretended to shoot her teacher with her finger. Maggie Gaines says six-year-old Margaret or Margaret Margaret, I guess, a student at Valley Forge Elementary School, now has a police report on file. This is ridiculous. In November, Margaret became frustrated and made a gesture that sparked a dis disciplinary investigation. The Tredyferrin Eastwood School District calls it a threat assessment. It was concluded nobody was in harm's way as a result of Margaret's statement, and her words were labeled as transient threat, which Gaines explains was an expression of anger. However, the district said its policy still called for the police to be contacted. They get this phone call, and I was fine with everything up until calling the police, Gaines said. And I said, you absolutely do not have to call the police, you know. This is ridiculous. I couldn't agree more. Even though police sources confirmed it was a confidential record, Gaines fears potential ramifications for her daughter. My daughter got frustrated and pointed her finger at a teacher and said, I shoot you, because, you know, she's six years old and she can barely, she and has Down syndrome and can barely speak, probably. Um, at that point, they went to the principal's office and it was quickly assessed that she didn't even really know what she was saying. YouTube is blinking. I can't control that, guys. It's doing it over here. Um, game Hi. set. What's up? Do you want to take Alan's call at this moment? Or do you want to go and continue with the news? Uh, I'm going to run through the news and, and uh, have him. I mean, he can hang out there. I can mute you guys and then wait for you in chat over here. Okay. Mute us. So I'll mute you and just uh, flag me in chat, our chat, whenever you're ready. All right. Okay. All right, so back to the article. Um, says Gaines said it was a severe overreaction by the school district, and that they couldn't, they could have responded to the issue in a much different way. I also agree with that. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, she has Down syndrome and she's six years old. For you to call the police on a six-year-old girl with Down syndrome. You guys, someone needs to call the police on you guys for being a bunch of morons. Handle it in a different way. I, I, I don't think it's gonna. She's gonna have ramifications from it, but still yet. 
So this next article, if you guys don't know about this, um, Christina Koch returns to Earth after a record 328 days in space. There is a picture of her there. It says, after 328 days in space, NASA astronaut Christina Koch is back on Earth, and she returns holding the record for the longest stay in space by a woman. And she has earned bragging rights for another major milestone. She and fellow NASA astronaut Jessica Muir completed the first all-female spacewalk during Koch's uh, extended stay aboard the International Space Station. Koch, along with European astronaut Lucia Parmitano and Russian cosmonaut Alexander Skorvistov, left ISS at 12.50 a.m. Around 4 a.m. Eastern Time, their Soyuz MS-13 really spacecraft touched down at the Kazakhstan, <laughs> Kazakhstan, and they were taken to a nearby medical tent to restore their balance and gravity. Koch's record-breaking stay was her first journey to space in the 11 months that she was aboard the ISS. It orbited Earth 5,248 times, traveling 139 million miles, roughly the equivalent of 291 trips to the moon and back. She conducted and supported more than 210 investigations and perhaps more importantly, participated as a research subject. NASA will study Koch to help determine the long-term effects of spaceflight on the human body. Those findings could be vital for NASA's return to the moon and eventually Mars. I'm not going to cover the article. Other guys are covering it, um, but they're going to talk about uh, space bases, a new space race, space bases for Russia, uh, China, and the U.S. that they're wanting to build on Mars. We want to use it as a launch pad. So it goes on to say, prior to Koch's extended flight, Peggy Whiteston held the record for the longest female space flight for her 288-day mission from 2016 to 2017. NASA astronaut Scott Kelly still holds the U.S. record for staying in space 340 consecutive days. Russia's Valerie Poyloskov spent 437 days in orbit. So whether you believe in space or not, um, kudos to her. Uh, I still think that's a milestone. So whether you believe space is real or not, women breaking barriers. Got to give them a hand for that. All right, so we're going to go into, uh, I guess this is some immigration type news. Uh, this is ICE agent while arresting undocumented Brooklyn immigrant, shoots brother of wanted man. Because, you know, the cops are doing excellent in there. Not not all of them are doing poor jobs, but some of the articles I've covered lately have not been that great for the police department. A federal ICE agent trying to arrest an undocumented immigrant shot the Brooklyn man's brother in the face during a wild Thursday morning scuffle, officials and witnesses said. Two U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents, armed with a deportation order, were escorting the wanted man from a home on West 12th Street near Quentin Road in Gravesend about 4.15 a.m. when his brother jumped into the freight. A single shot was fired, with a bullet tearing through the second sibling's hand before striking him in the cheek, sources said. During the ensuing chaos, the wounded man ran back inside the home and barricaded himself inside before surrendering. A short time later, the sources also said, in a video viewed by the Daily News shows one of the brothers struggling with the two agents, cursing them in Spanish, and when an agent wearing a light blue hoodie and a hat zaps him with a taser as he's propped up against a car. A second later, show, uh, later shot was fired, witnesses said, and the law enforcement source said the wounded man was unarmed but was holding something in his hand at the time of the shooting. 
probably a phone. Um, goes on to say, we saw people in the street trying to get him handcuffed, said a witness who w wished not to be named, and there were a lot of people involved. Next thing I know, there was a big bang. I heard a shot, I ran, she added. I didn't uh, know if more shots were coming. Crazy. Some of these cops are just going hard. Uh, DHS bans New Yorkers from global entry and other programs after state allow, a state law allowing undocumented immigrants to get driver's license. It's from CNN. Yes, I read CNN articles. I read underground news articles. I read news articles from everywhere. Kind of give you guys a, um, a different perspective on the news. So the act, acting Secretary of Homeland Security announced on Wednesday that New York State residents can no longer participate in certain trusted traveler programs, including global entry, due to provisions in the state's new, quote, green light law supporting undocumented immigrants. The law, which went into effect in December, allows undocumented immigrants to apply for a New York driver's license while protecting applicants' information from immigration enforcement agencies. Today we sent a letter to New York indicating... Uh, a letter to New York indicating because they took the, these measures that New York residents are no longer eligible to enroll in these trusted traveler programs, Acting Secretary Chad Wolf told Fox News host Tucker Carlson on Wednesday. New York state residents cannot, quote, enroll or re-enroll in the programs because we no longer have access to make sure that they meet the program requirements, so we need to do our job, Wolf added. The letter states that the green light law will impede immigration and customs enforcement, objective of protecting the people of New York and mincing threats to national security and public safety, according to a copy obtained by Fox News and confirmed by CNN by a source familiar with the letter. Since the law prevents DHS from accessing New York DMV records in order to determine whether a trusted traveler program applicant or reapplicant meets program eligibility requirements, New York residents will no longer be able to enroll or re-enroll in the CBP's trusted travel programs. The letter lists Four such programs that are managed by U.S. Customs and Border Protection, Global Entry, which allows for faster clearance and customs for participants when they enter the U.S., Nexus, which allows for quicker border crossing for qualified travelers between the U.S. and Canada, Secure Electronic Network for Travelers Rapid Inspection, um, another program that allows for quicker clearance for qualified travelers when they arrive in the U.S., and the Free and Secure Trade program, which allows for quicker clearance for commercial shipments crossing the U.S. border from Canada or Mexico. The letter does not mention the Transportation Security Administration's free check program in a seemingly targeted effort to punish New York for the law while limiting problems at airports for TSA. Rich Azopardi, uh, a senior advisor to the Democratic New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, Cuomo whatever his name is, I don't like him, uh, told CNN the state would review the directive from the Department of Homeland Security. This is obviously political retaliation by the federal government, and we're going to review our legal options, he said. A federal law enforcement official told CNN that Customs and Border Protection in New York had not received an official directive from headquarters as of late Wednesday night. The official said the directive might come Thursday morning and would likely be in the order uh, be in order from the Department of Homeland Security sent to CBP headquarters before it is sent to CBP officials in New York. So if you guys want to read more of this, I will post it over in uh, DLive after we're done here. <clears throat> um, so Rooster, uh, what's going on, brother? So um, the thing about 
The thing about that in particular, the face scans, we started covering that, and then as soon as um, we started covering, I think it was um, DHS, DOJ, one of them wanted to put face scans for American citizens going in and out of the country. And then a bunch of senators flipped about it, and um, they kind of walked back their comment on it. So they said they're not going to do it. I, I think it'll eventually come. It'll... It'll eventually get here, but they still do it for people coming in and out of the country. If they want to get fast tracked through here, if they're immigrants, I believe they have a fast track process through one of those programs that you can get your face scans and you can come in a lot quicker that way. Um, so Nancy Pelosi, which we streamed this her speech, a portion of her speech before uh, Trump gave his acquittal speech at the White House, we streamed a little bit of it, and she was. You know, trying. She was pandering to Barack Obama and his legacy, if you want to call it that. And she was talking about uh, the economy was already in an incline before Trump came into office, and now he's taking all the credit. It was a big show. Uh, it was ridiculous. And she seemed like she was drunk, also. So she has the audacity in this article. This is from the Hill. All right. So this article says Pelosi accuses Trump of looking quote sedated at State of the Union. I don't believe the man was sedated. I just think he's tired of your crap. So House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the Democrat from California, accused President Trump of appearing, quote, a little sedated during his State of the Union address earlier this week when she extended uh, her hand to shake. It was also a act of kindness because he looked to me at, like he was a little bit sedated, Pelosi said at her weekly press conference Thursday morning. He looked that way last year, too, but that was that. He didn't want to shake hands. I mean, that meant nothing to me. Wouldn't want to shake your hand either. All you've been trying to do is stab him in the back. So you stab him in the back with the same hand you offer to shake. I wouldn't shake your hand either. At all. Um, so the image of Trump appealing to decline the shake, uh, to shake Pelosi's hand before the speech Tuesday quickly went viral online. After a speech, Pelosi immediately tore up her copy of his prepared marks, which she called a, quote, manifesto of missed mistruths during the press conference. <laughs> um, all Pelosi's doing, look, you can think whatever you, whatever you want to. What's up, King's X? You can think whatever you want to about um, Trump, whether he's doing good. I, I don't, you're entitled to your opinion. But I, I think she's blowing more of your money going through this impeachment farce than anything else. So there's that, too. So, the article goes on, it says, Pelosi tweeted out the image of her extending her hand Tuesday night, adding, quote, Democrats will never stop extending their hand of friendship to get the job done. Hashtag, for the people. That's a joke. I, she's got to be joking, right? Uh, we will work to find common ground where we can, but we'll stand our ground where we cannot. Uh, Democrats will never stop extending their hands. That's the tweet. So, anyways, like I said, I would not... Shake her hand at all um, with the same hand that you try to knife me in the back with. I wouldn't do it. Uh, that's on you. So this is uh, an article from Zero Hedge that, you know, got booted from uh, Twitter for putting articles out there. Twitter. Anyways, uh, this article says Trump admin, quote, threatened me after rejecting peace plan. That's from Erdogan the president of Turkey. So we noted that immediately after President Trump and Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu's rollout of the deal of the century, 
Mideast plan on January the 28th, Turkey was the first country to condemn it internationally. And just days ago, Erdogan's director of communications, uh, Altun, I'm going to call him, called it a, quote, declaration of war, not a peace plan. In a stunning revelation Wednesday, Bloomberg now reports that President Erdogan says the U.S. is threatening him and intelligence chief Hakan Fadan, Biden, uh, over Turkey's rejection of the plan. Turkey rejected U.S. Middle East peace plan, which stands for the occupation of Palestine and uprising Jerusalem. I talked to Mohammed Abbas over the phone and met with Hamas leader uh, Ismail Hanif, I guess, uh, face-to-face in Istanbul, Erdogan said in Ankara, as quoted by Bloomberg. There's a picture of Erdogan there with uh, President Trump. It says, Turkey's strong reaction forced some Arab countries to step back from their support for the plan, and unfortunately now, U.S. threatens me and my intelligence chief. In addition, some financial institutions in Turkey under threat. Do whatever you can, you won't succeed, Erdogan said, underscoring the nature of it as a direct personal threat. For any proposed peace plan, uh, plan past or present, it's always been crucial that leading Arab nations in the region like Egypt and Jordan be on board. President Trump had initially uh, touted support from some Gulf Arab states like uh, Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates. But the Arab League on Saturday declared its official rejection of the plan as bragged about by Erdogan this week. The Pan-Arabic bloc uh, said as a result of the emergency session that it rejects the U.S.-Israeli deal of the century, considering that it does not meet the minimum rights and aspirations of the Palestinian people. So if you want to read more into that, I will put the link in Discord. It's also already linked if you're on YouTube. These articles are already linked in the description there. You can snag them out of there. So, we got some people on the phone. I'm going to try to get through this news. Um, this article says, Russia says it will, will, quote, react to massive U.S. military move on its border is unavoidable. So, this is happening on the 4th is when this came out, So, which we got behind covering other things. So we're kind of catching up, too. Moscow's top diplomat has warned his government would take responsive measures to to an upcoming massive U.S. military deployment and U.S.-led exercises across multiple European states bordering Russia. Russia Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov told official government newspaper in an interview Monday that naturally we will react to the NATO Western Military Alliance's Defender Europe 20 exercise, which is due next month to begin facilitating the largest U.S. military deployment to Europe in 25 years. The majority of the drills are set to take place in May and June, involving some 36 36,000 sorry, uh, personnel, including 25,000 from the U.S. across Germany, Poland, and the Baltic states of Estonia, Latvia, uh, Latvia and Lithuania. So this is one I'm just going to kind of skip over and get to the next. FBI chief says Russia's information warfare against the U.S. has not eased. FBI Director Christopher Wray has warned of Russia's campaign to divide American society. The chief of the Federal Bureau of Investigation says Russia is conducting a, quote, information warfare operation against the United States ahead of the 2020 presidential election. Although he says he has not seen signs that Russian actors have attempted to breach election infrastructure. FBI Director, Director Christopher Wray on February the 5th told the House of Representatives Judiciary Committee that Moscow was using a covert social media campaign 
to divide U.S. public opinion and exploit differences to create discord. The remarks are in line with the conclusions by U.S. intelligence agencies that Russia conducted similar operations during the 2016 U.S. presidential campaign, an assertion Moscow continues to deny despite overwhelming evidence that it did so. Ray said the current effort includes the U.S. fictional identities, computer bots, posting on social medias, and disinformation. He said the effort may intensify during the election year, but the threat is there at all times, making it more difficult to combat than a specific hacking attack. Unlike a cyber attack on an elect uh, election infrastructure, that kind of effort, disinformation, and world where uh, we have the First Amendment and believe strongly in freedom of expression, the FBI is not going to be in the business of being, uh, of being the truth police and monitoring disinformation online, Ray said. In 2016, Russia attacked the emails of the Democratic presidential campaign of Hillary Clinton and probed local election systems for potential vulnerabilities. It is a kind of effort that is still very much ongoing, Ray said. It is not just an election cycle. Of course, we're now in the election year. It's an effort to influence our republic in that regard. Ray told the lawmakers, however, that, quote, I don't think we have seen anything ongoing or any ongoing efforts to target election infrastructure like we did in 2016. Still, Ray said Russian efforts to interfere in the election through disinformation and, quote, fake news had not eased since 2016. What do you guys think? Do you think they'll use that as a uh, ploy when they lose again next year or this year, at the end of this year? I tend to think they will. I'm surprised, honestly, and I have an article on it, but honestly, I'm surprised that they didn't. Um, I'm surprised they didn't blame the Iowa caucus app on um, Russian hackers. I'm honestly surprised that that didn't happen. All right. Sorry, I was reading the chat there for a second, guys. Uh, it says, Top U.S. officials to spotlight Chinese spy operations, pursuit of American secrets. This is from Reuters. So, Washington, an aggressive campaign by American authorities to root out uh, Chinese espionage operations in the United States, has snared a growing group of Chinese government officials, business people, and academics pursuing American secrets. In 2019 alone, public records show U.S. authorities arrested and expelled two Chinese diplomats who allegedly drove onto a military base in Virginia. They also caught and jailed former CIA and Defense Intelligence Agency officials on espionage, espionage charges linked to China. On Thursday, U.S. Attorney uh, General William Barr, FBI Director Christopher Wray, and U.S. Counterintelligence Chief William uh, Ivanina will address a Washington conference on U.S. efforts to counter Chinese, quote, economic uh, malfeasance involving espionage and the theft of U.S. technological and scientific secrets. China efforts to steal unclassified American technology, ranging from military secrets to medical research, have long been thought to be extensive and aggressive, but U.S. officials only launched a broad effort to stop alleged Chinese espionage in the United States in 2018. The theft of American trade secrets by China costs our nation anywhere from 300 to 600 billion dollars in a year, the director of the National Counterintelligence and Security Center said in advance of Thursday's conference. The Chinese embassy in Washington rejected the U.S. allegation as quote entirely basis. The people-to-people -people exchange between uh, China and the U.S. is conduct a conducive to stronger understanding between the two peoples and serves the fundamental interest of our two countries, it said in an emailed statement. Of the 137 publicly reported instances of the China-linked 
espionage against the United States since 2000, uh, 2000, 73% took place in the last decade, according to the Washington-based Center for Strategic and International Studies. The think tank's data, which excludes cases of intellectual property, litigation, and attempts to smuggle munitions or control technologies, shows that military and commercial technologies are the most common targets for theft. Or they do like uh, we mentioned in an article, I think Monday, Tuesday, something like that. Um, we mentioned in there that they... That they... Um, hold on a second, I'm going to... Mute Paul. All right, Paul, I got you back. So, like we mentioned on Monday, um, there was a, a fellow that worked for, um, uh, what was that, Raytheon, Paul, I believe it was, that took his laptop overseas to China, and then he was also dealt with because he took a state-issued laptop overseas to guys that obviously have a, a, an issue with spying on the United States. But we all spy on each other. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I'm pretty sure that's Raytheon. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think that's Raytheon. Fry him. Huh? I just said fry him. Hmm. Fry him. Not patriots. Fry him. Well, yeah. It's technically treason, isn't it? <laughs> fry him. All right, everybody. Fry so I'm. We've already beat this dead horse multiple times. Now I'm going to poke at it with a stick a little bit here on uh, YouTube and DLive. Uh, we're going to talk about the coronavirus again. So, this article says, as coronavirus cases spread across California, CDC warns count will keep growing. Well, yeah, it will, because it's not what they're telling you it is. And I'm not going to cover it on YouTube because they're going to tell me it's fake news. I'm going to get a ban. But on DLive, we've talked about it. Thank you for the donation. Um, we talked about it on DLive. The numbers leaked out um, in a screenshot from China that says over 150-some-odd thousand people are infected with the virus. Not that little 20,000. Those little uh, uh, crumbs of numbers they're leaking out of there. It's much, much, much higher. So after a steady increase in the last week of the number of coronavirus cases in California and across the U.S., officials with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, see, it's called Centers for Disease Control for a reason, because it's not they can actually control anything. They control probably the dispersion of the disease, uh, but and they don't prevent anything. So um, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention said Monday that the virus is likely to spread and we expect to find other cases in the United States, said Dr. Nancy Messner, as she's quoted in a lot of the articles we read, uh, director of the CDC's National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Disease. CDC confirmed there are 11 people in the U.S. who have tested positive for the virus with six cases in California. Five new patients have been discovered in the U.S. since last week's briefing. Officials said and four of those were in the Bay Area. Health officials in Northern California confirmed three cases on Sunday and one on Friday, bringing the total number of patients in the state to six. So, not going to beat that too hard, because that also is from February 3rd. Uh, and we we covered, I think it was yesterday, they've opened five more military bases for uh, people to be quarantined on. So that's also happening. 
This article says that British man struck down by coronavirus describes horror symptoms of the deadly disease. So a British man once struck down by coronavirus has described how the horror symptoms of the deadly disease almost killed him. Simon Parker, 47, thought he was suffering from a common cold when he fell ill on Boxing Day in 2016. But he became severely ill over the next few days, and by New Year's Eve, excuse me, by New Year's Eve he couldn't even breathe, forcing him to desperately call 999. Um, he was taken. He was taken from his home in Kingsware uh, to a hospital, where he was put into induced coma. Simon spent 16 days in conscious state, and during which his heart rate flatlined, and staff almost pulled the plug on his life support machine. I'm not really going to read all of this stuff. Um, I don't want to go into the details on this. Like I said, I'll link it in the Discord, and you guys can read that later if you want to. Um, I, I don't some of these I'm not going to read entirely because a lot of these guys are covering this stuff too so this article is more passengers on cruise ship quarantine in Japan test positive for coronavirus so 10 more passengers on a uh, princess cruise ship in Japan have tested positive for the coronavirus raising the number of people aboard the vessel who have been diagnosed from the illness to 20 so it's, it's spreading, so Chinese authorities say it takes just 15 seconds for the coronavirus to spread. Authorities in China have warned that it takes as little as 15 seconds to be infected with the coronavirus. Their warning comes uh, after a 56-year-old man from Ningbo in the eastern province of Xinjiang was caught on surveillance cameras visiting a vegetable market late last month. At the time, the man had no symptoms and had not come into contact with any of the infected people or traveled outside of his region during the previous 14 days. But he was seen standing next to a woman in a market stall for 15 seconds before departing again without buying anything. The woman has since been shown to have, uh, to have had the virus at the time, and according to the Chinese state media, neither was wearing a mask. On Tuesday, the man was diagnosed with the coronavirus and quarantine. And a day later, officials in the Xinjiang, Xinjiang announced severe travel restrictions in Ningbo and three other cities in Xinjiang province, even the region, even though the region has yet to record a single death from the virus and is over 350 miles from the epicenter of Hubei, where the 14 cities and 50 million people are in lockdown. A second case of rapid infection was reported in Xinjiang on Wednesday, and a man in Hangzhou was reportedly infected after spending just 50 seconds with a confirmed patient at a hospital in the city when neither of them were wearing masks, based on a surveillance camera footage reviewed by officials. So 15 seconds, you can spread it without showing symptoms. Uh, it spreads quite quickly. Go to the chat real quick. But how did he get uh, to where he was? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It's <laughs> a good question. Um, this article, so these, these two, I'm not going to, because people died from this, I'm not going to elaborate more on this. 
but as you can see on your screen there, coronavirus medic 28 drops dead after working 10 days straight. So he didn't die from the coronavirus. What they are saying is right here, Chinese medic who, who has uh, been working on the front line of the novel coronavirus epidemic has dropped dead from cardiac arrest, likely to have been caused by exhaustion after working 10 days straight. This young man was 28 years old. It's absolutely sad. He didn't get the virus and then he dies from a freaking heart attack at 28 years old for, from exhaustion. Um, this article, so the doctor, this is going around everywhere too. Now, I've heard multiple things about this guy in particular. I've heard that... Um, he is dead. I heard he isn't dead. I heard that this is, uh, they're telling people he's dead. I, I don't, I don't know what's going on with this, but this article is from CNN. I saw it on underground news, uh, networks to mainstream news. So I'm putting it out here from CNN. The Chinese doctor who sounded the alarm of the Wuhan coronavirus has died also. Um, I don't believe there's a picture of him in here either. Um, so just going to mention that he blew the whistle on it. Um, and he passed away from the virus. I think he caught it not too long ago either. I think it was a couple of days ago I read an article where it said that he was infected with it. So if you guys don't know about this, they're building all these hospitals all over the place in China to uh, help cope with the massive amounts of people that are infected by the coronavirus. Well, this article says China runs out of beds to cope with infected coronavirus patients. So if the numbers are just as little as they're saying, you know, like... Um, as a death toll uh, goes from uh, in a new coronavirus soared to 563. Um, if it's as little as they're saying they're building all these other hospitals and they're uh, converting old buildings into hospitals to house people that have this virus, and they're running out of beds, that red flag that shows a red flag to me that the numbers they can't be right. If they're running out of beds for that many people, it can be right. The infected number has to be like the article we read uh, yesterday. To at least 10 times higher than what they're saying it is. I don't think it's anywhere close to 563 people passed from it. But I'm not, I can't read that article where we get shot down as fake news. The alphabet boy, literally the alphabet boys, because they run, you know, YouTube. Um, this is another one that goes into it says we'd rather die at home Chinese citizens rebel against mandatory quarantine as lockdown expands you guys haven't seen the videos also coming out about the uh, quarantine uh, they're going around picking up people in white box vans and trying to shove them in the back of these vans people that think that uh, or the medical staff they believe that you're infected they think that you are um, sick from the disease they're grabbing you off the street and trying to stuff you in the back of a white van which there was rumors a long time ago, conspiracies, if you will, that uh, they would put you in back of white box vans and harvest your organs over in China. And then it came out that was true. So, I I, I mean, I, I guess if I was them, it might not seem like such a bad idea if you have the coronavirus just to stay at home because they're also barricading them in their homes. Uh, kidnapping them in white box vans also, too. The only thing they're lacking on that is it painted ice cream on the side of it. It's it's crazy over there. Um, so I'm not going to go in this. It's going to just elaborate basically on the title there. Um, 
Absolutely sad. Yeah, I think the 28-year-old cardiac arrest is crazy, but the other guy, uh, Jim, I think um, they probably got to him. So after the uh, that coronavirus, then, um, you know, you can just think of Pry Bright when you read this. Think of certain quotes this man has made towards uh, calling. He doesn't call it calling, but um, just think of those things whenever I read this title to you here. Bill and Melinda Gates donate $100 million to the coronavirus vaccine research and treatment. This is out of Forbes. So, sticking in the mainstream article so that we don't get a little boot action here. CDC worker collects biomaterial. That's what this is. Uh, that's from a suspected NCOV person. So, Bill and Melinda Gates are donating $100 million to the coronavirus vaccine research and treatment efforts which was announced as part of the World Health Organization's request for a $675 million in global contributions to fight the spread of the disease. The highest numbers of, uh, of the cases reported in the 24 hours leading up to the WHO's Wednesday press conference, the Director General, um, so 24,000 is what they're saying, number of infections. Let me go down here. It says more than 24,000 people are confirmed to have been infected with the coronavirus, while over 490 people have died, with all but two in mainland China. And the U.S. has 11 confirmed cases, and flights from China are being redirected to 11 American airports that are screening those travelers. The illness, which was first broke out in Wuhan food market in December, what they tell you it did, has since spread to almost 30 countries and impacted local tourism and travel. Companies like McDonald's, Starbucks, Ikea, Hyundai, Tesla, Disney, and more have temporarily closed their doors in affected areas. Also, Apple. Uh, multiple cruise ships have been quarantined after passengers underwent testing for the virus. Um, and the country of Macau, considered the world's gambling capital, shut down its casino business. Uh, Tuesday in response to the outbreak, which has sickened 10 people there. Several countries, including the U.S., are denying entry to visitors from Wuhan and advising against travel to China. While several international airlines have suspected flights to the country, millions on the mainland have been on lockdown since the Lunar New Year holiday ended on January the 25th, 2020. All return to the post-holiday routine has been disrupted. So, the gist of the article here is they're donating, well, probably doing like a... Uh, Big Pharma does. They cause the issue and then donate money or to throw endless amounts of money that they have at it to cure the disease. <laughs> what do you think about that article, Paul? After reading all the articles that we don't even talk about, what do you think about that one? Oh, it's interesting. I still think it's... <sighs> it just cut him off. Hang on. It cut him off. I'll get him back on here. So this article, uh, this is from tabnewswire.com.
No, 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 no. So I, I, I'll what you just said there. They're not. So. Hang on a second. Z square. All right, Z square. This is wait a minute. Why are they redirecting flights from China here? They're pe they're United States citizens who have visited the region, and they're when they come into the states, they're redirecting them to. Uh, let me see if I remembered all these. Um, Dallas, O'Hara, uh, the airport in Los Angeles. Um, that's three. That's three eleven. Uh, JFK, just. The the ones that have like the the main hubs. Hang on a second. The ones that have the main hubs, they are um re they're redirecting them. Sorry about that, Paul. You saw what happened there. <laughs> yeah, we knew that was gonna happen anyway. We just weren't expecting it right in the middle of what I was yeah. saying. But that's all right. Um, we'll go back to that article here in a second, Paul, so you can finish your statement because it cut you off. But um, I was what I was talking about, I was answering Z-Square's question. So they're not redirecting flights, all flights, from China um, over to uh, the U.S. It's only U.S. citizens have been in the region. They're flying back over here into this country. They're redirecting those flights to 11 uh, selected uh Ports of entry, I guess, for people affected or suspected to be uh, affected, or not even suspected. If you've just been in the region, they're going to test you. They're going to screen you. So they're not redirecting flights from anywhere to the U.S. It's citizens from the region to 11 airports, and then they're screening those people at those airports. So uh, that's what's going on with that. You don't, I, you don't, it, it's just citizens from the country. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't touch that vaccine either. And I'm going to say vaccine, 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 vaccine. They're going to give me a boot for saying it anyway. All right, Paul, uh, what did you want to say about this article? I got it back on the screen. May have stepped away. Oh, I have to check that out, King's X. Oh, I was I was saying that the the numbers were a quarter what they were what they actually are, but I mean I have I only have visual proof of what we've seen, not not anything more than that. But yeah, it just seems pretty like they're sticking with these percentages no matter what happens, and it's just not the way they work. Even the virus is supposed to work at low. We are having technical difficulties tonight if we've never had them before. Tonight is the night. <laughs> yeah, it dropped him again. We'll get him back on here. So, if you're joining, when we first started to come on tonight, I hit my stream and it said my stream key was bad. And then I had to relog. It, it wasn't trying to let us go. So this article, and like I was going to say, this is from tapnewswire.com by Tapestry. So there is truth to this, and I'm putting this out here because uh, 
go watch Rachel Seller, the forensic nurse. Go follow her on Instagram, follow her on YouTube. Go listen to what she has to say. This this is true. It is a true statement. Hold on a second. Are you there? Yeah. Shenanigans, sorry. <laughs> Dude, we're having technical difficulties. I swear to was explaining to everybody. Like tonight is tonight is the greatest night for uh technical difficulties. Right whenever we try to elaborate on some it's, it's technical difficulties. Yeah, right. If you believe that I got a bridge for you to buy. <laughs> They're attacking everything. Um yeah, and if, if any of you guys have a link to Rachel Seller's videos or her Instagram, you guys can drop those over. Uh, Paul usually has a link to her website also you can go to. Um, but this article, they she her and Dr. Assad talk about this, about uh, how vaccines can alter your DNA. She goes into this. She calls it, and this is her words, not my words. She calls this... Um, medical witchcraft they're creating these um vaccinations that will alter your dna by taking dna from aborted fetal tissue and this i'm not making this up all right this isn't some anti-vaccine propaganda or anything like that they take aborted fetal tissue and it usually comes from the lungs of an aborted fetus from the 1960s or the 70s never tested for any uh, carcinogenic uh, attributes in the tissue or anything, then they inject that into the vaccinations to solidify those vaccinations. And they're uh, mutagenic, which means that they mutate inside your body, and then it starts to alter your DNA because you're taking outside DNA and you're putting it into your body via these vaccines. So this is not... Yeah, but this, this is also part fake news because because not that it's not proper, it's just the way they've worded it is that it's it's shady because they know that this has been going on that it alters your dna from the get-go and for them to say oh well now we know that you know new the new vaccines will permanently alter it no they've known about this from the get-go so that this is why i say it's so faux news it's not quite a article, but it's almost there yeah it's almost there but i wanted to point this out because just the headline um just this headline. Just research. You could take this headline and type it into your Gulag, Google, and uh, just type this in. Just type in vaccines, alter your DNA. Type that in there and uh, be prepared to be amazed. Just reading Rooster's comment. It says two of his kids have the allergies and celiac and tree nuts. Well, well what I've researched shows me that it's a... It's, uh, um, it's basically they've changed your your absorption rate through your vaccines or through your inoculations, I should say, and then that's changed your ability to bio digest these things along with glyphosate and the aluminum in your diet that you're getting from you know other sources. So yeah, it, it is it's, it is inoculation injury which. They made a special court for, but um, 
yeah, it's 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 a way to prevent you from eating because <laughs> we we eat such a large thing of humans diet that if you can cut that out, then you're stuck not being able to eat a lot of things. So what ends 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 that makes it so that you're a sect of group of people that cannot eat the normal diet, which means it's a sparser for you to find food, harder for you to find food, which is, is the attack mechanism, your food source to make you not be able to eat like everyone else and die off first. That's the attack plan. And, uh, I think they may find this uh, plan fun, although it's very, very sick and disturbing. But, <laughs> but what they didn't realize when they did this, they weaponized autism. And some of us are turning the tide back on them. That's what they forgot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm actually one of those people. And so I know exactly what they've done. Now they've done it. There's a great book called, um, it's uh, immune, it's something immune thing. I'll, I'll find it and I'll tell you in a minute. Back All at right. you, Ryan. Alrighty. This article, if you guys don't know what CRISPR is, uh, there was a Chinese, I think he was Chinese, right, Paul? The Chinese scientist that created the two gene-edited fetuses. And then it turns out he yeah. actually edited three and he only told them about two. And then they found out about the third one and they threw him in jail for three years. CRISPR is also uh, created, I think, by an Israeli uh, group, and they also won the prestigious Wolf Award for CRISPR, which is basically gene editing. Uh, but on that, on that, <laughs> the Chinese government said they 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 were gonna arrest this guy and convict him. Well, I think that was just all, just so the world wouldn't get pissed off at them for doing this. I think he was sanctioned. Yeah. Or they harvested his organs for gene editing. Either way, I mean, we don't like when when news about China comes out. I'm kind of just like, nah, I don't really know what to believe. You know what I mean? Like, for I'm gonna re-reference it. The twenty thousand people are saying are infected by the coronavirus. If you saw the, and I can't read it on here. Sadly enough, we did on D Live yesterday. The numbers are ten times that infected, and what about ten times that in deaths also? It's outrageous. So I don't believe the information that comes out of China. Yeah, so, well, how do you explain that all the bodies in the street and laying all in the random places? People uh, don't lay yeah. down on dirty mats when you come in the floor. I mean, no one does that. Unless nope. you're dead. And it is further corruption for your temple. That's exactly what it is because they know. They know the body's a temple just like if you're in the light, you know the body's a temple. That's exactly what it's for. It's to destroy your place for the spirit. That's exactly what it's for. They're destroying your temple. So the article goes on to say immune cells edited with CRISPR-Cas9 to fight cancer cells seem to be safe and long-lasting. A small safety test of the cells in three cancer patients at the University of Pennsylvania shows. All three had cancers that could not be controlled by other therapies, and while the gene-edited immune cells didn't cure the cancer, the cells stayed in the body up to nine months and didn't cause any serious side effects, researchers report February 6th in Science. The result 
is that an important milestone in the gene editor's journey towards being used clinically. But the phase one clinical trial, which measures safety, not effectiveness, also saw some errors made during editing. One concern was the technology. CRISPR-Cas9 is a two-part molecular tool for cutting DNA. One part, a snippet of gene genetic material called guide RNA, leads the DNA cutting enzyme Cas9 to specific spots in the DNA where researchers want to make a change. In this case, the team altered three genes in immune cells called T-cells. The edits were aimed towards making the T-cells more efficient than uh, usual in killing cancer cells. Most, 93.5% of 100%, of the cuts were right on target, but the gene editor made some cuts the researchers didn't intend. These off-target cuts, plus deletions of rearrangements of some DNA, were found in new edited cells. For instance, the sloppiest guide RNA cost 7,778 on-target edits and only 38 off-target edits. In seven of these off-target instances, the unwanted edits are edits landed in the CLIC2 gene. Those edits are probably not dangerous as the gene is not active in T cells anyways, the authors say. Did you want to elaborate on that, Paul? I'm not going to read the entirety of it. Yeah, I, I forgot the other part. It's, it, we're back into the T9 CRISPR stuff that is all, this basically all stops at you digest in B12. Because if you digest B12, then your brain becomes healthy and your bugs and your gut are per end up being um, very even. And if the bugs are balanced in your in your gut, then you're healthy. And when they're not out of balance, then, then you're unhealthy. And by making you anemic and not able to to, you end up being low on iron, so you're going to test positive for anemia, which is what what they're aiming for. Because once your blood's low on iron, then your um, pH has changed, and they can you're basically being attacked. It's, an, it's a way to attack you and kill you. And so um, B B12 is the remedy to that because what what these things are attempting is to prevent using food to prevent you from digesting b12 in your gut which is what ends up happening but you can go around that by oh, buying b12 from a direct source a liquid form and put it in your mouth and the b12 in your gut is um almost non-digestible whereas if you put cyclin under your tongue you get one percent if you put the drops you get ten percent and if you inject it right into your belly from a doctor you get almost a hundred percent into your system but the doctors don't want to do it because i even asked them and they say no there you go <laughs> you ask them and they said no doctors are sweethearts and uh um uh, i'm, I'm uh, Rooster Ninja says, probably not dangerous, in quotes, LOL. Yeah, if they use that um, phrase there, then it's probably not dangerous, wink. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, that's why got, we're asking the I've question. Gotta go. huh? I'm going to go for five minutes. All right. I'm, I'm going to go through the rest of the right articles back. here. So, this, uh, this is why we're asking the question. In tech, we trust. We're asking the question that. So, this next article. U.S. Army developing uniforms that destroy bioweapons in minutes. 
thought this was awkward whenever I saw this article. <clears throat> Chemists working with the U.S. Army are developing new uniforms that can quickly break down toxic substances, protecting troops from bioweapons, according to Wired. Omar Farrar's lab at Northwestern University is testing a fabric that can neutralize nerve agents. The new fabric is part of a collaborative effort between the college and the Army, which might take upwards of a decade to test and then commissioned as a next-generation battle uniform. The fabric can destroy nerve agents, VX, Soman, and, and Sarin, and these dangerous chemicals can be made in a biosafety level for laboratory, or BSL-4 plant, which is where they think the virus escaped from, just FYI, like the one found in Wuhan, China. <laughs> wow. So this says, uh, this cotton fabric treated with uh, powders that contain special molecule molecules known as metal organic framework can neutralize some types of nerve agents. So it's as simple as that. The Wired noted the Army already has uniforms to protect troops from nerve agents, but there are no uniforms that can also destroy the toxins. Jared DeCoste, a researcher with the Army who isn't involved in the project, said the military has been searching for uniforms that can shield troops from bioweapons and, at the same time, destroy the chemicals. According to Farah, the important ingredient in the new fabric is crumbled crystalline molecule called MOF-808. This molecule essentially harvests water from ambient air. Water vapor like, uh, likes to condense onto MOF-808 molecules because of their shape and chemical properties. When MOF-808 makes contact with a nerve agent, the water attaches to the molecule breaks and breaks down the toxin. While zirconium atoms that reoccur throughout MOF-808's crystals serve as the catalyst, accelerating the nerve agent's breakdown. As long as the fabric is worn in a place where the, humi uh, where the humidity level is at least 30%, it can collect enough water to break down nerve agents in minutes. Dr. Francis Boyle, the man who drafted the Biological Weapons Act, recently said in an explosive interview that the coronavirus outbreak in Wuhan likely came from a BSL-4 plant in the city. But you can't say that because it's fake news, even though Francis Boyle, who signed this act there, says that it's likely it came from there. But you can't say that because it's apparently fake news and fear-mongering. But we just read really news. He believes the virus is potentially lethal, an offensive biological warfare weapon, or dual-use biowarfare weapons agent genetically modified with a gain-of-function properties. The threat of biological warfare in the 2020s is undoubtedly a concerned matter for the Army. A concerning matter for the Army. Perhaps that's why next-generational suits to repel and neutralize toxins will be standard issue by the end of the decade. We thought that article was very interesting, and I also like these sly remarks towards the uh, where he believed the chemical came from. <laughs> Any thoughts on that one, Paul? You were in the military. Uh, yeah, the, from the discussions I've had with someone recently, it's uh, there was only a few years that they did uh, injections via compressor compressed air and they wouldn't have carried any um harmful stuff and then they went back who who told them to go back i don't know why who organization would be in charge of the military's vaccine program which is, i find interesting but um <laughs> that they demanded that they go back to um using a needle because they would get all the bad shit in them 
That's how I saw it. But they, they love us. They would never do anything like that. <laughs> I, I didn't know. One thing I didn't know was that um, your guys' uniforms are repellent to uh, nerve agents. I didn't know that. I knew they repel like water, blood, certain things like that. I didn't know nerve agents also. Which is interesting. Well, this is saying it can repel and neutralize. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like different levels of mop gear. So the mop one would be um, your BDUs, and then you put your gas mask on. So it's mop one. So they they've got some sort of like little wax on there, so it doesn't let the. I don't know if it's Gore-Tex or what, but it's just some sort of waxy stuff that they don't. It doesn't allow penetration. Oh okay. But yeah, I, I think this is a new idea if they can actually, or a good idea if they actually can do it to where it not only repels it, but it also neutralizes it. I think that would be an excellent idea. But I would also try to implement that technology in other things. If it can harness water molecules out of the air due to the humidity above 30%, that would be pretty rad. You could use that in other instances, right? But then you also got to take into consideration, is it going to absorb the sweat off your body and dehydrate you? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but I don't know <laughs> if that was would have been the case. I, I don't know. So, if any of you out there are Ben and Jerry's uh, connoisseurs, and you like to eat um, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, now it looks like they're jumping in the drone delivery system. Um, <laughs> looks like they're jumping in the game. So, not only are you going to have uh, drones delivering your medications, from your local CVS and Walgreens, um, and as well as 20 other items. We've, I've covered this personally uh, a few months back. You can also order Ben & Jerry's, or they're at least testing a drone delivery system for ice cream. So th this is to break some of the monotony and maybe laugh a little bit, because you know Paul's favorite saying, what is it, Paul? Robots deserve canoe rides. <laughs> it's taken over, everybody. In tech, we Let trust. AI and give AI a ride with them. Yeah, absolutely. So soon, you might not have to go to the nearest grocery store to satisfy your ice cream craving. Your ice cream could come to you via a drone. On Tuesday, drone startup Terra Drone Europe announced that it had partnered with Unileveler, Lever, a parent company of Ben & Jerry's, to test a drone delivery system for the ice cream maker's beloved ice cream cups. Mm. TerraDrone demonstrated how the ice cream delivery system would work at a recent uh, Unilever investor event, according to a press release. For the demo, Terra, Terra fitted a multi-copter drone with a special container designed to house three of Ben & Jerry's 72-gram mini-cups after loading up the container. TerraDrone showed how the drone could fly a predetermined path within the uh, Unilever facility. <laughs> it says half-baked here. That's funny. The next step of the partnership, <laughs> we'll see, uh, we'll see Terra drone delivering Ben and Jerry to people in New York, according to the press release. However, the release doesn't say when those deliveries might kick off and whether they'll be statewide or limited to limited to just certain parts of New York. Neither Unilever nor Ben and Jerry's responded to the PC Mac request for comment. That meant means for that for now, we'll just have to be satisfied with the knowledge that ice cream will reportedly be zipping around overhead somewhere in New York at some point. And uh, 
All the ice cream yeah. lovers will be out there with their drone catching nets, getting Ben and Jerry's. All the stoners will be out there catching Ben and Jerry's, while the you know tweakers and the opiate addicts are behind they the Walgreens shooting down people's medications from the sky. They can steal their their drugs and their ice cream in the same go. Yeah, <laughs> they. I mean, they they could. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what in the world is a Unilever? Um, I know what Unilever is, but what in the world do they have it to do with the ice cream? They're like a deodorant and all that kind of stuff, like toxic chemical stuff you want to put on your bodies. What what do they have to do with eating wholesome ice cream? First question. The second one is Unilever's a division of Procter & Gamble, and Procter & Gamble um, is fairly nefarious. They, they've their uh, Their main son left the company because they wouldn't um fix their old ways and um he actually came out with that uh what's that program do you know what i'm talking about he came out with that uh it's this great big he had this great big reveal in this movie and then he he um wanted everyone to unite and created these little small group think tanks to how how humanity can win and beat the whole system it was I pretty good remember. it was really good stuff do you remember what I'm talking about? No. I cannot recall. But yeah, I did. You can pull it up real quick. Uh, shoot it in my ears and our throat and our chat over here. And... Yeah, I'll have to find it. And I did find that book. It's called Autoimmune Fix by Tom O'Brien. The one that um, he doesn't mention. Uh, he says that he thinks all the autoimmune stuff is, is natural from reactions to food. But I mean, it's all but implied that it should be inoculations and not, not the, um, that it's just a natural reaction to food. Well, it's probably also uh, GMOs on top of, of inoculations, GMOs, BPAs. Uh, it's probably probably just the lot of all of it bottled up and consuming all of it is probably causing a lot of the autoimmune diseases. Just a whole lot, you know? Yeah. So, we often talk on here about artif artificial intelligence, which is Paul's best friend. He loves it. Um, <laughs> uh, we talk about that, the facial recognition scans inside the potential to have it inside the ring doorbells because they have the patents. Uh, we talk about Rector is coming out with license plate scanning um, uh, software inside ring doorbells or doorbells or surveillance um, uh, cameras that you can put on your house. And now it looks like we have this one called a brief cam. And this allows police to identify people by what they are wearing. You guys are going to have to bear with me on this one. It wouldn't translate over, so that's why it's going to beam white in your face and I can't play the video either because of YouTube. Sorry D-Life. So in the span of two years law enforcement's ability to identify the public using brief cam has gone from disturbing to frightening. A recent article in Twin Cities Pioneer press relief uh, revealed how the St. Paul Police Department uses brief cams to identify people, cars, and physical objects. If they're looking for a blue car or a man wearing a white shirt for example Algorithms can pinpoint when those objects appear in videos from particular locations and times. Law enforcement uses brief cam to look for more than just a single blue collar or a single person wearing a white shirt. It will identify every, every blue car, every person wearing a white shirt. 
If, for example, police are told a suspect was uh, was a male wearing a hat and a backpack at a particular intersection, technicians can enter the terms hat and backpack to the search CCTV uh, videos for people with those objects. Police are using brief cam to identify people with the with the type of sneakers, shoes, handbags uh, people are wearing or carrying. But to do that, law enforcement uses brief cam to surveil everyone regardless of guilt or innocence. Brief cam boasts that, it, that they use 27 classes and attributes to identify people in unimaginable new ways. Quickly search for the filter objects and events of interest by men, women, children, vehicles, and lighting changes with speed and uh, precision using 27 classes and attributes in addition to face recognition, appearance, similarity, color, size, speed, path, direction, and dwell time, providing an ever-increasing and powerful set of distinct search combinations. If you think that police tracking people based on 27 classes and attributes is frightening, then wait a couple of years until BriefCam expands to 50 more ways. BriefCam's video content analytics technology also allows police to use multiple CCT cameras to pinpoint people on bicycles or inside vehicles or by specific objects they are carrying. Advanced multi-camera search power, uh, powerfully identifies men, women, and children vehicles of interest. Uh, it's pretty much the same thing. It says, um, what does this mean for everyone's privacy? Police now have the ability to identify a person who is trying to hide their identity from, being, uh, from them by using a mask, umbrella, hat, or sunglasses. And would anyone like to, be, uh, like to bet that one of BriefCam's 27 identifi identifiable attributes also includes necklaces, earrings, piercings, or rings. Ben Feist, American Civil Liberties Union and Minnesota Chief Programs Officer, warned BriefCam is fundamentally changing the way that you police people. Of course, none of this would be possible if it weren't for smart city surveillance. In fact, BriefCam's uh, success at identifying people is dependent on the continued growth of smart cities, which... Ask the question here. In tech, we trust. You like the beautiful smart city there with the drones flying around everywhere? That's going to be your uh, technocratic dystopia here pretty soon. Uh, so just get ready for it. Uh, and uh, not only brief cam, there's also clear view that scans everybody's pictures on Facebook and police can walk around with the device scanning crowds of people. Just scanning crowds of people to identify people that have warrants. That one's called clear view. So it goes on to say, if you think I'm exaggerating BriefCam's role in smart city surveillance, then why did they write these two articles? BriefCam's Smart City Complete Guide to Face Recognition and BriefCam at Work in Safe Cities. BriefCam's claim that smart city surveillance is, a great, is great for everyone really does not come close to telling people the truth. Taking advantage of the video surveillance system deployed throughout these metropolitan areas, smart cities are unlocking the treasure trove of value in their video systems. BriefCam's attempt to obscure what is really happening can best be summed up like this. Law enforcement and private companies are, quote, taking advantage of video surveillance systems in metropolitan areas by finding new ways to identify each of us. Smart cities allow police and corporations to unlock a treasure trove of data about everyone. Their quote. Coming to a smart city near you and your coffin apartment in a nice little metropolitan area. It's coming. So this I thought was uh, quite humorous. 
This article says, clogged the lines. Internet trolls deliberately disrupted the Iowa caucuses hotline for reporting results. This is from NBC. So I think that they're, because it's NBC, it's, they're, you know, kind of leftist here. So they're probably going to say it was trolls and that's what disrupted uh, the hotline. So it says the phone number to report Iowa caucus results was posted on a fringe internet message board on Monday night, along with encouragement to quote, clog the lines an indication that jammed phone lines that left some caucus managers on hold for hours may have in part been due to prank calls. An Iowa Democratic Party official said the influx of calls to the reporting hotline included, quote, supporters of President Trump who called to express their displeasure with the Democratic Party. Party officials' comments were first reported late Wednesday by Bloomberg News. Users on the politics-focused section of the fringe 4chan message board repeatedly posted the phone number for the Iowa Democratic Party, which was found by a simple Google search, both as screenshots and in plain text alongside instructions. They have to call in the results now and very long hold time is being reported. Phone lines are clogged, one user posted at about 11 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday, three hours after the caucus began. Uh-oh, how unfortunate it will be for a bunch of mis mischief makers to start clogging the lines, responded another anonymous user sarcastically. Some users chimed in, uh, posting alleged wait times on hold, imploring others to, quote, clog the lines and make the calls lags. Uh, Rob Sands, state auditor of Iowa, said he took result calls on Monday night as a volunteer and received an influx of calls that appeared to have been generated by a post on the Internet. A lot of the calls came in at a certain point where it was clear somebody had published the hotline number somewhere, Sands said. He cautioned that he could not speak for uh, other people who were taking calls and said he did not get any calls that said they were from Trump supporters. He added that the system prevented people from reporting fake results. He also said he was able to identify fake calls quickly. Uh, there's another one here. It says, if I picked up the phone and it was clear after the first handful of words that someone was not calling to report the results, I just hung up. <laughs> hmm. uh, you internet trolls, shame on you. Not shame on you, that's pretty funny. So, um, uh, Paul references this a lot. So I'm going to read through this, and I'm going to let Paul elaborate more on this. But he talks about uh, Li-Fi a lot. Um, the picture's not on here any longer. It's on the other article before I translated it. Uh, but the article is The Hackable Light Bulb. This is from Axios. It says, if you connect your light bulb to the Internet, the Internet could connect back according to a new report from Checkpoint detailing a security flaw in Philips Hue smart bulbs. says how it works. This isn't really about cyber criminals gaslighting you or dimming your lights, but it's exactly how to hack or how this hack starts. Erratic behavior by the bulb prompts the owner to reboot the network, giving hackers a chance to slip some malware into the system. They gain entrance to your home network via the entry point you didn't even know existed. So details. An attacker with a laptop and an antenna within 328 feet of your smart bulb could execute this attack according to checkpoint. So let's tell everyone about it. Everyone Let's tell everyone about this. <laughs> the researcher said um, the exploit depends on a flaw in the Zigbee protocol, a basic building block of, quote, Internet of Things, uh, products that widely uses by so many so-called smart home devices. Philips had issues uh, issued a patch for owners of the affected products. So, 
He goes on and says, what's next? The Internet of Things industry remains a security disaster waiting to happen. According to many experts, report like this keep the industry on its toes. But will it still have a but it still has a long way to go? Wanna say anything about that one, Paul? Yeah, it's you know, that's why I wanted us to play that video. The first video I had us play pretty much is the glyphosate and human biome and it's um because the bugs on our skin and you know, that make us who we are, you know, we're not all just ourselves. The bugs bugs are with us. But they're um photosensitive and so because they're photosensitive, anything that you um put on your on your face, your body, your skin that's not sunlight is not good for you. And so it's artificial. And LED is just, just really horrible. It's just bad stuff. And and if someone could hack, I mean, we were discussing this behind the scenes, someone can hack anything. You know, I think that's why they decided to hold off on the better computers because they didn't want a bunch of hackers hacking each other and hacking into their systems. So they play games with, with releasing dates of, of chipsets and stuff and trying to burn out old chipsets so that they can't, you know, go forward. Well, it's 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 also because you know hacking into these lights are you know a grid that they want to take the lights and just destroy your view to the stars they want to take the lights and destroy your circadian rhythms it's, it's all to deal with the bugs and and your relationship to the the wavelengths that you can't get when those those lights are shining on you all night long just disturbing your your peaceful rest your sleep that's meant to be you know heal you from the day's abuses whether they're psychological physical or you know spiritual any of those things full scale and as long as we have internet of things out there I, they're all going to be vulnerable all of it's vulnerable I, I think that technology kind of slipped out there a little quick. You know what I mean? And like I always say, hackers, uh, as as this stuff comes out, hackers, that's what they do. New stuff comes out and they just sit around and are like, how can we break in this today? Or let's disturb this person. Or let's hack someone's ring doorbells and taunt their children. It's, uh, it's all vulnerable. As far as I'm, not, I'm concerned. So I definitely don't trust in tech, but... Uh, and if you're on here listening, I assume that you don't either. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, the thumbnail is also facetious too. Uh, I was going to talk about this, although I talked about this sort of in the last video we did called "Our Caucus and Our Apps," which was a play on that old perverted song <laughs> from the '90s. <laughs> if you if you've got it yet, you'll understand. Um, it says the app that broke the Iowa caucus, an inside look. Uh, I'm surprised they're not saying it's the Russians did it, because the Russians tend to do everything. Wink, wink. Russians meaning their own hackers, probably. Uh, the story is part of elections 2020. So uh, the results of Monday's Iowa caucus were delayed for days because of problems with the smartphone app used to uh, tabulate and report results, causing chaos and frustration among campaigns and voters. 
uh, a reported coding issue caused the app to only report out partial data. Iowa Democratic Chairman Troy Price said in a statement, Cybersecurity company Blue Hexagon obtained a copy of the app created by a company called Shadow Inc. Funny, right? Well, they would call them Shadow Inc. <laughs> yeah. And Oh, and Blue Hexagon, too. So, so Blue Hexagon's head of cyber threat intelligence and operations, Ifran Asrar, why do they got to make these names so hard for me to read? Uh, spoke with CNET's Dan Patterson about what went on, uh, what went wrong, and the overreaching cybersecurity concerns this presents for the rest of the 2020 election. Blue Hexagon is still diagnosing exactly what the app, uh, why the app failed, but the final version of the app has several problems within the code, including links to people's personal websites. What we believe is this is an oversight and an example of the app being rushed into production, he said. I would imagine that, too. Uh, the larger concern is that the app was so easy to obtain, which means anyone could access the infrastructure supporting it and potentially cause damage. So, the 2020 Iowa caucus was thrown into confusion when results were delayed because of technology problems with the new app. So, they're blaming it on the code, the coding. But... We also talked about this, too. There was other people. So people were... All right, so I'm going to use their terms. Conspiracy theorists were saying that there was uh, people that worked for the Obama administration, uh, Hillary Clinton's, uh, I guess, campaign group, and other people mixed inside this that created this app. And that came out in mainstream media and leftist articles. Then they started walking all the articles back. So I gathered all those articles before they, you know, rescinded all of them. And I pointed out that they were actually the first ones to start saying that. It wasn't a conspiracy theory. They said it first. So then I used their articles to point out their hypocrisy. Um, so I think that it was probably created to favor a certain candidate. And uh, that's actually what had happened. And now they're just going to blame it on uh, the coding. Which it could have been coding, who knows? But I tend to lean towards the more um, when it comes to the DNC, them doing corrupt, nefarious things. Wouldn't you say, Paul? <laughs> Man, they've lost their credibility. Yeah. Period. I, yeah, they have. In my book, they have. <laughs> uh, it, we, we we didn't create this that way. All your leftist propagandist partners are saying that you did. So I snagged all your articles. And then they walked all of, all of those back. So now that that's out there, you got to flip it around again and say, oh, it was a coding error. Okay, we see you. We see, I'm, I'm watching you guys after you paid Bernie Sanders for his presidential bid in 2016. Hillary. Uh, so this article says, okay, I'm going to touch on this. I've covered two articles a few months back. I've covered the digital wand, um, which China's supposed to go to. I don't know what they're going to do now since everyone's over there sick right now <clears throat> but there has been rumors that the united states government um is his name steve munchen is that his name the treasury yeah. steve munchen i call him munchen i think that's wrong but steve munchen and then um uh drone pal right from the fed they was have the munchkin man yeah i call him the, i call him the, munchen. The, the, the lollipop gang and the munchkins <laughs> Something uh, like that, if I remember right. The, lolly, the lollipop <laughs> kids from, um, why can't I think of that? We, uh, yeah, that one. Wizard of Oz, He looks like yeah. one of them munchkins. Munchkins. He might be. 
Um, so Jerome Powell and Stephen Munchen allegedly had been in talks, and I cover other articles, uh, talks about creating a type of digital currency for the United States. Some people say that this is speculation. Some people say it's rumors. And I think about a month ago, a guy that's pretty knowledgeable about cryptocurrencies even tweeted it out that they were uh, considering uh, creating a cryptocurrency. So I'm reading the article. I think, and I've done a video on this, I asked the question, uh, could cryptocurrency be the one world currency? And the way things are going, it is a possibility. Paul and I talked about this often. We kind of differ in our opinions of it. I think that they could Thank use crypto to... Uh, give, I guess, a revalue to the uh, promissory notes we have now since we know that there is really no um, really no value to the dollar. They could use the blockchain cryptocurrency to give value back to promissory notes and we just trade those according to the value that's on the blockchain. Could be a possibility. Don't know. Um, but they are in talks about this. Paul tends to, to think a little differently than I do about it. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it. Uh, I wouldn't put it past him. I know that we want to go to a cashless society eventually, possibly RFID chips if they roll out ID twenty twenty alliance. But definitely, probably a currency that they that the feds can track. Uh, the Fed Reserve in particular can track everybody's transactions via hash rates on a blockchain. I think that it is. It makes sense to me. So the article says the Fed continues its digital currency push. Like I said, I don't know if this is a fact. I'm going to read the article, but there is speculation about it as of now and for the past few months. So the Fed is developing its own real-time payments and settlement service and reviewing 200 comment letters submitted late last year about the proposal, Fed Governor Lyle Brainerd said in a speech Wednesday. What's happening? Central banks around the world have been working to issue digital currencies amid a dec decline in the use of cash and an increase in dependence on commercial banks for payment. Private companies like Facebook and its Libra cryptocurrency also have spurred central banks into action. Why this matters. Today, <clears throat> it can take a few days to get access to your funds, Brainerd said in her speech. A real-time retail payments infrastructure would ensure the funds are available immediately to pay utility bills or split the rent with roommates or for small business businesses owners to pay their suppliers. Immediate access to funds could be especially important for households on fixed incomes or living paycheck to paycheck when waiting days for those funds to be available to pay a bill can mean overdraft fees or late fees that can compound. Uh, to make this possible, it is vital to invest in a real-time retail payment infrastructure with national reach. The big picture, the private sector already is amassing holdings of the public money that is larger than many banks, she said highlighting PayPal, Walmart, and Starbucks as companies that currently hold billions of dollars of their uh, customers' money on various cards and accounts. Although various federal and state laws establish protections for users, issuers of non-bank money are not regulated to the same extent as banks. The value stored in these systems is not insured directly by the FDIC, and consumers may be at risk that the issuer will not be able to honor its liabilities. So there's those points as well um i i honestly think that we'll probably go to a blockchain cashless society where where they can track everybody's transactions they they've made tiffs about um you know feds watching bitcoin um atms where people can go in there 
and withdraw their Bitcoin directly from an or cash in their Bitcoin directly from an ATM and take that money away. And they're saying that because they don't have access to those transactions like they can with your bank account when you make large purchases that are questionable. They want to know what you're withdrawing that Bitcoin for and then using their promissory notes to buy. So they've complained about that before. I think they probably might roll out something like this. What do you think, Paul? Well, well I'm not sure what, what, which way they're going to go on this, but uh, oh, two thoughts I had was one, they whether or not they did control Bitcoin or they didn't. Um, if they didn't control Bitcoin, they're trying to think of a ways to, to control it. And my two cents was that Bitcoin was the original, let's say, PC of its time, the original cryptocurrency. So because it is, it's probably going to end up being the number one one in the end. Um, it might have its ups and downs in between. But um, yeah, the, the, it's, it's a whole, it's very interesting, the whole topic of cryptocurrency and what it could be and what it could you know change the way we do things and you know will it will it ever get rid of cold hard cash i don't know i just have a hard feeling that it would um it's just what if you lose it what if someone steals it whereas cash you've got it and same thing someone can steal it and you lose it but at least power goes out you still have cash i don't know that's true but like i said they could use the the blockchain to give uh, value back to the cash you know because really a promissory note you're just trading for the promise that it's gold that you could used to be able to go to a bank and trade that in for the actual gold you can't do that anymore um but yeah you're right as far as losing um losing the passcode to your digital wallet which has happened this guy spent $1,700, I think, investing in Bitcoin when it was real low. And then when it hit that 17000 mark, he couldn't find the passcodes to get into his wallet any longer and lost all that money. <laughs> so that's true. There's Bitcoin floating out there. Oh, there, I'm sure there's lots of Bitcoin floating out there. I may or may have not uh, bought some Bitcoin, more Bitcoin today. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Other thing that came up was that someone mentions to me how much of a pain and an ass they had when they tried to buy Bitcoin because um, they t took like 10 sites and nobody would sell it to them. And then they found finally found one, even though they filled out all the forms that still dabbed that person as, and then I know this lady, she's, you know, she's in her mid fifties. Just, just, she's sweet. She's not a um, criminal by any means. And, um, you know, she comes from wealth, so a little bit of money and you could tell she wasn't trying to game the system or anything but they all were trying to accuse her of being a criminal it's like uh, she's like it was so hard she said i almost gave up and then i finally found one it was like she says it took me like three months to buy some it's like whoa that that couldn't have been easy for her that's ridiculous yeah. it, it's never never been hard for me to buy any it was they, actually easily easy to sign up for it, but one wallet I'm they, not going to recommend paying. is Coinbase. Don't use them. She, well, she said it was uh, like security-wise, they wanted everything from her, and it was like, well, this seems like the whole opposite of what Bitcoin was for, is what she mentioned to me that 
you know, you just give someone your ID because that's the whole idea why you don't get Bitcoin. So I, I don't know. I, I'm just telling you what this lady told me. She's not like, and she didn't seem like she did buy some and she says she made quite a bit of, she's made enough, a lot of money off of it. Of what she bought, she bought real low. It's if you get in at certain times. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, warrior deal said, uh, what happens if that will only let you buy certain items at, at, as of right now? Like, so if you're going to buy electronics, new egg, takes Bitcoin and you can actually get it for cheaper. Uh, because of the the set price is Bitcoin, so if that set price in Bitcoin, even the it devalues, you can still spend that amount of Bitcoin. You can buy electronics, you can buy items off Newegg with Bitcoin. I know that uh, from experience. You can, um, in some places, accept Bitcoin. It's becoming more common. Uh, Bitcoin, though, I would say because you can trade, you can inter trade, so you can transfer Ethereum into Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash into Bitcoin. Um, all the, all the small ones you can translate those into Bitcoin, even though their value is lower than Bitcoin. You can translate over, and um, I would use Bitcoin as like the savings bank, and then trade the little cryptos that have a lesser value. That would be the smart thing to do if you're gonna trade cryptocurrency or or make payments in cryptocurrency. Just have a wallet that does multiple cryptocurrencies. I think. Uh, uh, Oh, there's a there's one that I had to look, but there's I have multiple wallets, but one of them, um, Coinbase, they're horrible. Don't use them. And then another one is uh, one that you can use. Certain places you can't buy it, but it's becoming more more relevant in other places. So if anyone wants to call in, I'm sorry this kind of went long. I'll run through this real quick, Paul. Uh, you can call the number one four zero eight six three eight zero nine six eight. Enter the meeting ID five three four two three three four seven five eight, and you can call in now. Uh, we ran a little long because we have technical difficulties, but you can go ahead and call in now if you like. What were we gonna say, Paul? Uh, I was also gonna mention. I mean, there is another thing someone no one's mentioned, and I found this ages ago. It was um, there's a company out there that does gold. And you you buy your gold, and they actually put it in a safe, and then you they give you credit card access to that gold, so you could actually spend it in gold. And when the when the I think you could do other metals, but I know it was in gold for sure. And it was a brilliant, brilliant company. I I believe they're still out there. I have it somewhere. I I know I've got the link to it. There's a because they. They'll pay you the difference too, so so it's a fluctuating price. So once, if if it's increased in value, you actually gain in value with them in gold. And so if you ask, they'll either put that excess gold back in, or or, or you can cash it out. Just what I, what I was thinking. There's one called. It's Glint. pretty interesting the way they've got it set up. One is called Glint. I have a Glint account. You can buy gold on that kind of like cryptocurrency and it does what you're saying it's called glance if anyone's interested in that one best way i would say by and i have to find the website because it's been a long time since i bought any bullion or anything like that but um, there's a website you can actually order and they'll send it to you in um you know discrete packaging like plumbing parts or something like that you can buy i would buy coins and in silver i wouldn't buy a bunch of you know 
gold. I would buy silver. It's easier to trade it. Buy buy those uh what are they, Liberty half dollars or whatever. I think they're like ninety nine point nine. And I last time we checked silver was like forty two an ounce, I think. I'm pretty sure. I bought quarters. I bought silver quarters because I thought they were the tra most tradable. Yeah, those will work too. If you can find those, yeah. those are kind of kindly rare. The the crazy thing is, I bought a whole bunch <laughs> off a um, a pawnbroker once. He gave me a phone call like six months or eight months later. He's like, you know, I did something awful. He goes, I I gave you some some uh, coins that I want back. And he's like, w would you sell them back to me for the same price? And I was like, no. And he's like, well. Um, please, because some of those coins were actually dated coins with special dates on them and stuff. And I was like, um, okay, well, sorry. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, you shouldn't have sold them to me. And then I went and looked. I got one, I spent a whole, like, $300 on coins or 350 on coins. And then, um, he, sent, he, he gave me one. I looked up one of, one of them I found was, the coin was worth 315 bucks. So I made almost all my money back in one coin. I was like, you, you what a dumbass. To, to not have the coins already separated. You know, why would I sell them back to him? I just, I thought it was ridiculous that he even called me and asked. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Warrior Deal. It's called colloidal silver, but take it responsibly. You don't want to look like a smurf. Um, and it helped fight infections and uh, viruses and stuff like that. So lines are open. Well, if anyone wants to, to call more. in, you can call in. You'd have to take a lot more than you'd make. The, the, the way those guys were doing it is they're in a different form, and then some of them had it in their water supply. So there's whole families that turned themselves blue, but they, they actually had it in their water supply. So, you know, once they figured out it was in the water supply, they got their water somewhere else, and they, the rest of the family didn't turn blue. <laughs> That's fun. Um, if yeah, it's, it's a large, large quantity. It's a large quantity. So as far as followers go, uh, Novum54, thank you for the follow. Uh, thank you for the ice cream, Rooster Ninja. And if I missed uh, Rev Jim, thank you for your donations too. I'm, I'm going back in here. Uh, oh, yeah. And Nova Moon followed. Yes, welcome and, and thank you. You're more than welcome here. Thank you guys for your donations and stuff. Um. So we'll wait to see if anyone's going to call in. If Thank you for the lemon. If you guys want to, okay, if you want to, um, you can go to the About section on our DLive. If you're on YouTube also, um, you can go to the About section on YouTube. And you there's our merch store, website, Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh Website, Discord links, they're all in there. We do have an app. It's not linked in there. If you want the link to the app, you can go in there. I was going to tell you also, in our merch store, um, I, we, I, we made a discount. And if you order any merchandise from now until February the 29th, um, when you go to checkout, enter Kings20, and you get $5 off your purchase. So you guys can do that, and that link to the merch store is in the About section. So you guys have at it there. It was either that or free shipping, so 
we chose the five dollars off you guys can take five dollars off your purchase and join all the groups like i said if you want the link to uh the app let us know we'll link it over in the chat freaky aliens give you thank you for the two lemons freaky alien Rooster ninja when freak and um yeah aliens give you lemons make freaky aliens so if uh <laughs> If no one wants to call in, sorry guys. Uh, we'll start doing the calls towards the end there. I know people call in uh, like right when we start, but it's more or less like calling towards the end, and then we'll um, try to get you on a lot quicker. You know what I mean? Uh, so sorry about that tonight if you had to wait or you got put in the holding room. Uh, also, another idea that we had too, if you guys want to put um, any of any of these thumbnails on a shirt and we're going to put the thumbnails the title to the thumbnail <coughs> on the shirt for a logo and then link uh, on the back of the shirt so people can uh, sport the uh, thumbnails if you like those so i guess uh we'll hang out i'm gonna play the outro to the music we'll hang out in the chat for a little bit so right now I'm going to go ahead and crack the chest for you guys over on DLive. Sorry I can't uh, help you guys out over on YouTube as far as earning. So if you want to earn cryptocurrency for participating in the chat and having discussions, you can go over to um, DLive and you can hang out, gloves off over there, and have the discussion, and um, you can earn cryptocurrency. It's, it's the new wave, DLive. And also, after this is done, um, I will upload this audio to podcast form, and you guys can listen to it anywhere podcasts are available. If you want to, the Anchor link is also in the About section. You can go there, and you can be a monthly contributor for as low as $0.99 cents a month. If you want to support the pod podcast or our broadcast in general, that will also help us out. So, enough plugging. Shameless plugging for now. Um, there's the chest. I'm distributing it now, so you guys go ahead and jump on that. And thank you to the top but contributors, Rev, uh, Rev Jim, and uh, Rooster. I appreciate it. Is Adam still? I got bronze. Is Adam still on or uh, not? Can you check real quick for me, Paul? I scream. He's on. He said renal failure from from taking too much colloidal silver. Huh? He said from taking too much colloidal silver, you can get renal failure, which is kidney disease. Possibly. I uh, so, yeah. luckiest followers tonight. It's Rev Jim coming in first, uh, Warrior Deal second, and Heather Daniel coming in third. Good job, guys. Congratulations, and you're welcome, Heather. Um, so, I don't do the shoutro thing, but we'll hang out in here in the chat with you guys for a little bit. Uh, like I said, if you want to support the broadcast, all the links are down in there. If you want the link to the app for you guys to hang out, it's it's off YouTube. You talk about anything in there and have fun. So um, we'll hang out in the chat for a second. I'm going to see if there's somebody I can host on here real quick, and then uh, we'll jump off. So until next time, y'all bless and shalom. I'm going to see, right before we get off, I'll see who's on here, and then I'll let you guys know who I'm going to host.
All right, guys. We're going to send everybody over to Marfugal News and give us a chance to get caught up over here. We'll see you guys over on Adam's uh, channel. You guys enjoy their show. Uh, if you don't like them, give them a, or follow them. Give them a follow. Hang out with them. Adam is awesome guy. We salute them. If it weren't for them, there wouldn't be guys like us also doing this on the on this type of level. So until next time, y'all bless you guys. And shalom. Enjoy uh, Marfugal News.